Thank you for joining us. In our relationships, particularly with family and close friends, we mean well when we say something, yet sometimes our words offend or we say hurtful things we wish we had not said. Once words are spoken, they cannot take them back. Even when we admit our wrongdoing, apologize, and ask for forgiveness, the words not forgotten. If only we would always ask God to guard our tongue and compel us to think before we speak. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts how to communicate God's way. That little tongue in your mouth, that little thing in your mouth, it can speak health, it can speak wholeness and wellness and edification, or it can tear down, consume, destroy, and be so destructive. That little tongue in your mouth, it can gossip, lie, slander. That little tongue in your mouth can blaspheme. That little tongue in your mouth can abuse people verbally. That little tongue can crush one's spirit, be so hurtful. That little tongue in your mouth can corrupt your whole body as well as all the persons around you. You wipe your family out. You wipe everybody out on your floor in the office. I submit to you today, beloved, without the Lord's help, it is impossible to tame the tongue. Did you hear what I said? Without the Lord's help, it is impossible, absolutely impossible to tame that tongue. And if you're going to minister with your words, that tongue has to be tamed by God himself. Number five, ask the Lord to teach you how to give soft, spirit-filled answers. This is how you diffuse potential explosive situations. Ask the Lord to teach you how to give soft, spirit-filled answers. People are on the edge. People are suicidal. People are frail. People are in depression. And you can be so harsh and hard, you just drive them right over the cliff and don't even know it. And you say, what happened? They killed themselves. Oh, poor person. And you don't even know you were part of the problem. Ask the Lord to teach you how to give soft, spirit-filled answers. Proverbs 15, 1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath. People can be mad at you, but how you answer them softly and tenderly will diffuse what they were about to say or do to you. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Let me tell you something. You will get more out of any conversation when you speak softly. Stop raising your voice. Don't holler at your husband. Don't snap at your husband. Don't holler at your wife. Don't snap at your wife. Speak softly, tenderly. Speak gently. Speak calmly. Stop grunting. Huh? Uh-huh. Well, there you go again. 
Oh, wait a minute, hold it. Back up now. Hit the reset button. Speak calmly and lovingly. Instead of being rough, sharp, and abrasive. Also, the tone of your voice will create either a turbulent or peaceful atmosphere in your conversation. Sometimes it's not just what you say, it's how you say what you say. Also, the tone of your voice will create either a turbulent or peaceful atmosphere in your conversation. You can worsen the situation or you can just have a calming situation because of your tone of voice. It's so soft and sweet and inviting. Number six, a spirit of anger is one of the greatest barriers to healthy communication. If you are angry, you're not going to communicate well. You're going to lash out. You're going to hurt people. A spirit of anger is one of the greatest barriers to healthy communication. Ephesians 4.31 says, let all bitterness. Now, that next word, I want to labor on it a while. Wrath. We talk about anger all the time. Anger, anger, anger. But you, you don't hear people talking about wrath. And wrath is actually a whole nother level up from anger. Let me just label with wrath just a moment because we got a lot of folk that, that are very wrathful. Wrath is to be fierce. It's to be fierce. A person who is consumed with wrath, they are boiling over. They're boiling over. They're ready to just wipe you out. A person who is wrathful is furious. They are raging. They're violent. That's why you shouldn't practice honking your horn when that person don't move when the light is turned green. Be slow to honk your horn because if you honk in at a fool, he will get out, come in your face, either give you the finger or give you a gun. You don't know who you blowing at. It's not worth it. If they're not moving fast enough, you say, Lord, help give me some patience. Because truth be told, on that road, you don't know what a fool is. And a person who's full of wrath, they are fool. Beloved, if you're around someone like this, run for your life and take cover. Get out of their way and do not say a word. You got a husband like that, a wife like that? Somebody, listen, don't you put your child under the care of somebody who's wrathful. You come back, your child be dead. Messed up, abused. Then you got, it says, put away all these things. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil, underline this, evil speaking be put away from you. All of us have spoken evil, and all of us have a tendency. It is so easy to speak evil. How, how many of you have spoken evil? Let's see your hands. Hold them up a while before the Lord so the Lord can deal with all of us. Come on, hold, hold them up. You, now, don't, just hold them up. You ain't all that. Just, hold, just wave it a little bit so God can deal with all of us. Have you spoken and then you said, did I really have to go there? Did I really have to say that? 
Why didn't I just pray? Oh, God, help me. It says, put away evil speaking. Let it be put away from you with all malice. If you are angry and full of wrath, there is no telling what will come out of your mouth. Your speech will be disrespectful when you're wrathful, full of wrath. Your speech will be offensive and absolutely disgusting. Your words will also bring much harm and you will crush the spirit of those you love most and especially your children, your children. I don't care what's going on in their lives, how good they are or how bad they are. You are never authorized to abuse your children with your words. You still have power over them. You still have authority over them. And you will one day answer as to how you spoke toward them, your attitude toward them, and how you disciplined them. They are a gift from God to you And you will one day stand before him and give an account to your parenting of that child. Abusive to your children. You will crush their spirits. You crush the spirit of those who love you most. Many couples argue, many marriages, they argue and they fuss so much until it has become the norm in their marriage. They simply coexist in tension and strife. They just live in a day and day. That's why some, some people don't want to go home. I work overtime. They say, who want to work late today? I will. I got it. Eight hours, I take it. Twelve hours, I got it. Tomorrow too, double time, holidays. Just get me out of here. They'd rather work and make money than go home because they know they have a tongue they come into that's going to slam Galatians chapter 5, verse 15 says, if you bite, you know, this is bite, bite and devour each other. Husbands and wives are just pow, pow, clobbering each other. The Bible says, watch out or you will destroy each other. Some of you have been fussing, fighting and arguing far too long. You will stop fighting husbands and wives. You'll stop fighting one another when you refuse to view your spouse as the enemy and become a united front to resist and fight the devil who is the real enemy. He is the enemy of your marriage. Satan loves to take advantage of your anger in the context of marriage. Therefore, you must ask the Lord to deliver you from it. If not, Satan will exploit your marriage through anger to the detriment of your own family and other relationships. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 27 says, be angry. There are times when you should have a righteous indignation, but it ought to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus got angry, but it was a righteous indignation against sin. Be angry and do not sin. I love this part that people often overlook. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't go to bed angry. You go to bed not speaking to one another. 
all day long, you haven't spoken, you go to bed and you wake up the next day, the person next to you is dead. You allow death to separate you in the midst of your hostility. So God says, okay, you won't talk, I'll just take her. Now you'll never talk to her again. I'll just take him. You, you, you touch him, you call their names, and they won't answer. You're already not talking to them. You don't know, a whole lot of folk die in their sleep. Whatever it is, it can't be so bad that you can't kiss and make up. Get it right. Get it right with your child. Get it right with your grandchild. Get it right with your aunts, uncles, in-laws, everyone. Don't have that quiet, sullen anger. Verse 27, nor give place to the devil. Do you, you know what that means? You give the devil room to operate when you're angry. He'll get you this way and that way. He has a multiplicity of strategies organized against you as you are angry in your spirit. And he will devour you because he's an opportunist and he will cook your lunch simply because you're angry. You give the devil a lot of room to work with. First Peter 5, 8 also says, stay alert, look out, be aware, watch out for your great enemy. He's, a, he's not just the enemy, he's a great enemy. The devil is your enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Number seven, Guard against speaking words of flattery for the purpose of manipulating family members and others to get what you want. Guard against speaking words of flattery for the purpose of manipulating family members and others to get what you want. Your words means absolutely nothing if your motives are sinful and self-centered. Did you get that? Your words mean absolutely nothing if your motives are are sinful and self-centered. First Thessalonians 2, chapter 2, verse 5 says, never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. Some folk flatter you because they want something. They want something. What do they want? They have hidden agendas in the flattery. And they're really deceitful. They are cunning. Uh, they, they are crafty. And the, many flatter will flatter you for self-gain, for control of you, to blackmail you. Oh, I love you so much, baby. Flatter you to sex you. They get what they want. You get pregnant. You can't even find them. What happened to that flattery? You got the baby, can't find that rascal. You were sucked in by flattering words. People flatter people to get certain jobs, to make more money. Flatter. Entrapment comes as a result of flatter. And then you got to, you know, play up to them because you don't want out what you, what they know about you. People flatter you because they want a position you can give them. 
They want some of that power. You cannot glorify Christ and use words of flattery for personal gain at the same time. You cannot glorify Christ and use words of flattery for personal gain at the same time. Number eight, to communicate effectively, you must guard against negative body language. Some of you, it's not verbal, it's body language. And that body language can actually talk more than the verbal language. You're not saying it, but ooh, your husband and your family, your wife, they can see it. Body language, body language. Negative body language, such as rolling your eyes. They look at you, you just rolling your eyes. Telling someone, they're trying to talk to you and they're talking to your hand. You just pointing your finger in someone's face and then, okay, they slap your hand out your way. Now you're fighting. Well, she hit me, but you didn't say you pointed your finger right in her face between, at her, above her nose. By the way, man, never hit your wife. Never hit you. I know, I know you can get angry sometimes, but don't you, don't go there. God didn't give you her for her to be your punching bag. I didn't see that. Women, you ought to have been hollering amen all over. Is there any amen? Now, women, don't, but now, sisters, don't provoke him either. That's the, look at those men saying amen. Don't provoke him. Don't scream. Don't get in his face and breathe all down his throat and point your finger and then talk about it. he slapped me. Well, he's wrong and you wrong too. You started it and he finished it. Both of you wrong. <laughs> Pointing fingers in someone's face. Crossing your arm. <laughs> Sign. Or you don't do anything. You just shut down completely with no response. Don't talk for two weeks. Send messages through your kids. Text. You're texting each other. Did you take the trash out? Oh, you're slamming the door and they can hear it. You got a 5,000 foot house, square foot house. You wear on the back up, boom. Or when you go, you give that last door slam so that they can hear and let you're letting them know exactly how you feel. Throwing things, you throw things, and he's ducking. They'll go to, they'll go to pot, the skillet, and man, you better duck. Some of these women, I tell you too, uh, uh, don't put a gun in their hands. They may not have ever gone to a shooting range, but they know how to shoot you right between their eyes. They be going like this. Pow! Ow! Gone! So, sometimes you get a gun for protection, and then you got, you got friendly fire. Or perhaps it's enemy fire. <laughs> uh, then you sometimes, body language, you put your hands on your hip and let your backbone slip. What'd you say? Wait a minute, come again? 
I don't believe you. Wait a minute. You talk to him like you're talking to a child or vice versa. There's a word in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. Y'all, that's Bible verses for everything. That's why the Bible is so unique. And that's why people don't want to read it. It's too convicting. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 12 through 14, it says, What are worthless and wicked people like? They are constant liars, signaling their deceit with a wink of, a, of the eye, a nudge of the foot, or the wiggle of fingers. Their perverted hearts plot evil, and they constantly stir up trouble. It's bad when a man, a husband, makes it hard on his wife. Go out of the way to make life difficult for her. Or vice versa, the wife make it hard on the husband. And go out and make it difficult for him. Children make it hard on their parents. Parents make it hard on their children. They're being led by their emotions instead of the Holy Spirit. Number nine, for effective communication, or communicating God's way, never use profanity or vulgar language toward family members. Never use vulgarity in the workplace or even at social gatherings. You shouldn't cuss not only at your family, but anyone else. Colossians chapter 3 verse 8 says, But now you yourselves are to put off all these. Here's another list. Anger, anger. Here's wrath. Them two, they first, they, they brothers and sisters. Malice, blasphemy. Look at that last phrase. Filthy language out of your mouth. Some of your mouths need to be washed with the word of God, cleansed with the word of God. Beloved, what kind of speech is coming out of your mouth? Is it God honoring or is it filthy, shameful and corrupt language? I dare you to be different and refuse to conform to peer pressure by speaking degradingly, speaking language like those around you. You misrepresent Christ. You put your limited vocabulary on display. When you just said all those four letters and all those kind of words, actually you're just saying, you, you, you're just saying how restricted your vocabulary really is. Is that all you can say? That's the best you can give? Is it, is, do you have to go that low? Limited vocabulary on display. You become a poor testimony when you use vulgarity before your children. You think cussing your children is cute when they cuss until they cuss you out. Leave them alone. You thought it was cute. Then they cuss you out before folk at H-E-B. Now you want to whoop them. Leave them alone. They got it from you. You need to be disciplined. Now they're embarrassing you. Now you want to get after them. Wasn't pretty when you... let. Oh, look at that. Look what she know. You applauding cussing. Poor testimony before your children, which also caused causes them to pick up filthy language. It puts the other person, when you cuss out somebody, it puts them on the defense. 
It never accomplishes anything good. Because profanity has so saturated society in the movie industry, television, man, they do more bleeping than speaking. One, I won't bleep, bleep, two, go bleep, five, six, bleep, bleep, bleep. I say, well, cut it off. It's all bleep. I can't, I can't, can't get a sentence. Bleep, 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 bleep. Television, politics, cussing and rap music, internet, social media. Many Christians have become so desensitized and even use it without a sense of conviction, which hinders the light of Christ from shining through them. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now that's clear. I don't understand the Bible. You understood that. Let no, you don't need to, you don't need to understand, you don't have to take a Greek course to understand that. Let no corrupt word proceed out of, not everybody else's mouth, your mouth. But what is for good edification, necessary edification, that it may import grace to the hearers. As we obediently trust God to move according to his will and in his time. He will give us everything we need when we lift up our eyes to the hills from whence comes our help. Where does our help come from? It comes from God who made heaven and earth. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.